Hi everyone, top of the morning to everybody watching in. It's a lovely Sunday morning. Everyone's got the coffee out. Uh, welcome into the Irish NFL show in partnership with Pundit Arena. Michael here, you got Colm at the bottom. We've got Brian in his, in his Giants jersey from Santa there <laughs> as well. Uh, I don't know where Mark is yet, but sure we'll see the crack. Boys, welcome in. Merry Christmas again. Yeah, it's um, I, I definitely at this point where if the NFL wasn't on, I wouldn't have a clue what day of the week it is. But with the range of games, I still don't know what day the, the week it is. <laughs> um, some fascinating games uh, last night. I think the, the pick of the bunch probably being the that Raiders-Dolphins game. Um, what an ending. We might get to that in a little bit. But um, looking forward to today's games as well. Lovely. Brian, welcome in as well, man. Yeah, hi guys. Hope you've had a nice few days. Yeah, Merry Christmas to the Dolphins fans and to the Chicago Bears fans. So, because of uh, Arizona's, what I would have thought was a surprising defeat to the 49ers last night, leaves the door I mean, open. You've seen that coming, Brian. Well, you did. We didn't. <laughs> but uh, we did get the other ones right. But uh, yeah, it opens the door now for the Bears. Um, Jags today and then Packers next week, who potentially have the number one seed wrapped up. So, and here, look who it is. <laughs> I was going to say, I've got an early Christmas present for you, or a late Christmas present. I was going to click uh, Mark in, but call him, I think you might have clicked him in. So thank you. Welcome, Mark. <laughs> How's it going? How you doing, gents? Yeah. Technical troubles over Christmas a little bit, but it's funny. I come in just to the conversation about the, the fun and games of last night. The problems for Bears fans is the Packers need still to beat the Bears to secure that number one seed because the conference game matters more than the Titans game. So remember last week I was saying, rest the players this week, play them against the Bears. But yeah, the Cards have lost the control of their own destiny, which is sad to see for Larry Fitz. But uh, Bears fans, for them, hope springs eternal. Let's uh, jump on the games over Christmas on last night because I've had time to actually do stuff. Look at this. So if you have been living in a hole over the last couple of nights, uh, the Saints absolutely destroyed the Vikings. Uh, the Buccaneers against the Lions wasn't even worth watching. Uh, the 49ers, of course, beat the Cardinals, which we all predicted. Well, I did anyway. And what an ending to that game last night. Colm, I'll just start with you, man. What, what was that one thing that saw for you just with these four games? Um, the... The, the one thing that, that pro well, I, I can't just give you one thing. I'll give you two things. Uh, one, as a Broncos fan, I wish that we still had Gary Kubiak in town because that um, Vikings team, although they're terrible defensively, terrible, offensively, he is making it work. Kirk Cousins is extremely limited. But uh, with Dalvin Cook, uh, with Jefferson, with Thielen, he is really making them purr. If they actually had a defense, they'd be good. Um, and then... The the like the, the standout is that Raiders. I mean, what 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 were they thinking? Um, but, well, Brian could probably look back and and you know to to a, a player who you know inadvertently ran in for a touchdown, which ended up winning them the game. It's crazy, guys. Coaches in the NFL trying to be the smartest guy in the room, trying to run down the clock. I mean, we um, Mark has talked about Al Davis's just win baby mantra. That's what they should have done. Why were they trying to go for the, the to run the clock to get the field goal, make it as difficult as possible for your opponent? But that was the the <clears throat> one that that stood out. John Gruden being John Gruden. Yeah, two things that stand there. Uh, one. Uh, Michael, you have the Raiders winning that game, so let's make sure everybody knows the Dolphins won that game. <laughs> but it's early, I'll give you a break. And second of all, Al Davis used to say, uh, 
don't improve me a little, improve me a lot. And there's a lot of improvement needed with that Raiders defense in particular, because they're going to have a lot of changes coming their way during the offseason. And back to the point on the Bears game, when obviously on the back of the Cardinals losing, you know, every three or four years in the playoffs, you see a team that gets hot at the right time. No team has ever lost six games in a row in the regular season and made the playoffs. But maybe the Bears are just getting the momentum at the right time, not necessarily to go to Super Bowl, but maybe just to do a bit of damage in the playoffs. Yeah, um, in the week that we finally had a deal in Brexit um, and Ursula van der Leyen decided to quote uh, uh, The Long and Winding Road, um, I've been a bit inspired by Beatles songs this week. And uh, if you were a fan of the Lions or the Vikings, and particularly if you played for their defences, it was certainly a hard day's night uh, for you on Christmas Day and and St. Stephen's Day there. Um I, we have to give due credit. I'm sorry if I missed the start. Alvin Kamara, guys, six rushing touchdowns. Um, unbelievable performance. I was watching it thinking, I remembered Gail Sayers, when he was a rookie, had six touchdowns, uh, four receiving, one reception and one return. But I didn't think anybody had, had six rushing. But then we see 1929 was the only other time. Amazing performance by him. Tom Brady only plays a half. He gets four touchdowns, perfect passer rating they eviscerated the lions that was pathetic and yeah the cards threw it away from their control but the raiders guys i mean we can spend all day talking about this we've got the dash of fitz magic coming in the fourth quarter for tour you've got you know remember the raiders put themselves in this position by missing the pat as well and you know they created the scenario where they 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 uh, ended up having to try to be the smartest guy in the room you know look how that turned out for emron for example um the reality is that John Gruden, if you're going to wind down the clock to zeros on it, by all means, don't take the touchdown, kick the field goal, win the game, walk off the field, whoop de doo But in the modern-day NFL, if you're leaving 20, 25 seconds on the clock, it takes one heave, one heave by Fitzmagic, one uh, rough in the passer penalty at the same time. I mean, the guy was basically calling out of his face mask, and boom, the Dolphins are back in the race. Um, random two stats for you, gents. Ryan Fitzpatrick has never made the playoffs in his 16-year career. He's probably played for half the teams in the NFL, but he's never made the playoffs. And now, sadly for Raiders fans, this is 17 out of the last 18 seasons when they don't make the playoffs. And for a season that started with such promise, you've got to be devastated for them in many ways. Well, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely devastated for him. I'm going to jump on what Colm said about the Minnesota Vikings, you know, about Gary Kubiak. We were led to believe Gary Kubiak was done. He wasn't fitting up to coach his team anymore. So I wonder what happened there in Denver. Clearly something happened, boys. Um, I'm going to jump on as well, boys, the Raiders. I actually woke up when Fitzpatrick was coming in. Couldn't sleep. I was so excited, you know, to see. I was right about the Dolphins winning and they didn't win. But um, I was like, that's, that's a really ballsy move. Brilliant move from them for him to take the ball downfield not once but twice towards the end. But the Raiders, the, the Raiders threw that. How the Raiders didn't win that game uh, is beyond me. Um, just win, baby. Just lose, baby. It's hilarious. They've got a brand new stadium. They can't bring anybody in the stadium. They haven't won the division. They've missed the playoffs. They've got John Gruden to like a 100 year deal. It's class. But um, Mike, that's sorry, go ahead. Mike, sorry, Mike, a quick point. We haven't even touched on Kamara. Jiren Jerner roundup of these games our preview we discussed how the saints offense in terms of the run game has been very sporadic over the season well albeit against a very poor viking defense i think they put that right here and i six rushing touchdowns from kamara it's 
he was there. He was playing over skins, you know. If if you were playing against him in fancy in the championship round, I think you would have been a little bit sick, to be honest with you, because I think he single handedly won most fancy championships if people could start. Yeah, he, even even Troy Aikman mentioned it in the commentary. He goes, "I wouldn't even turn on your uh, fancy app. You're, you're done." <laughs> I'm at the. Uh, I'm actually at the point now. Before we move on to today's games, because we've got a lot of them, I'm at the point now where I think the NFL should wait until December the fifteenth, December the sixteenth, to announce the Christmas games. Because like, come on, come on, like, seriously, like that last game, okay, but like. Ugh. Well, like the, the Saints, the Saints Vikings game was really entertaining. Like, I mean, that was good fun to watch. Like, literally halfway through the first quarter, and both teams had just gone down, chunk plays, made two touchdowns. I mean, yeah, you know, I can sit down with a beer and watch this. This is this is going to be a bit of a, a ding dong. Um, actually, the the Tampa Bay game, obviously, I enjoyed for obvious reasons. But I think at one point there, at the very end of the first half. Tom Brady was in there, I think, 22 or 27, 330-odd yards, four touchdowns, perfect passer rating, and you flip to the Lions, and Chase Daniel was three for six for 11 yards. Stats sometimes obscure the truth. That was uh, very impactful in terms of the reality of that game. Seriously, like, seriously. Let's uh, let's jump on today's because there's a lot of games today, and there is some absolute beezers. What we'll do is we'll call them. We'll, we'll go call them Brian, Mark, lads. Just a preview on the game on your pick because I think we've got eleven games: two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Hold on, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen games. Right? We may get to it. Unfortunately, this is the first game we have to look at today, boys. It is the New York Giants at. <laughs> The Baltimore Ravens. Now the Giants obviously call them uh, have to win this game to stand a chance of winning their division. Uh, and the Ravens have to win the game. So who's gonna win, Colin? Why? What's your thoughts on this game? Unfortunately for, for Brian, these are two teams going in opposite directions. Um the Ravens have got hot at, at the wrong time if you're a Giants fan. Um averaging 40 plus points over the last three games. Jackson is averaging a QB rating of over a hundred. Um it's and, and and versus the Giants. Daniel Jones got the injury and it's just wobble sense. He's going to play today, I, I think, from what I heard, Brian, which feels like a, a roll of the dice because they do have to, to win. Um, but when you've allowed 42 sacks, I don't know if you want to be putting a guy out there if he's not completely mobile. Um, I did like Joe Judge calling uh, Lamar Jackson a unicorn and saying that trying to tackle him was akin to trying to tackle Gumby. Um, and I, I think that's right. I, I just think, um, unfortunately, the Giants have been solid on defense, but I, I don't think they'll have enough to, to beat the Ravens. I, I see the Ravens going to 10-5 and five at the end of this game. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with Colin. Uh, the Ravens have got their mojo back on offense. I mean, they put 24 up against the Cowboys, that great game in Cleveland where they scored 45 points on offense and a safety at the end to make it 47. Last week, put up huge numbers against the Jags. And we keep touching on how well the Giants' defense has played, but they're starting to, it's starting to slow up. The last three games, running backs have run for over 100 yards per game, and they're going up against the number one running team. So, it was Lamar Jackson will be doing what he normally does in terms of run pass options, <clears throat> I still expect the Ravens' uh, run game to do really well. And the Giants haven't scored over 20 points for four straight games, so how do you keep up with a, a Ravens' offense that's just flying at the moment? Love to see the Giants win, but I think, uh, realistically, I think the dream is over tonight. Giants will lose, and we'll come to the Washington game later. Mark, 
Are you are you with us? Yes, you're here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I just switched computers. Um, the Beatles song that sums up this game, Brian, you'd appreciate this, has to be Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. Um, the Giants, unfortunately, are not there. Um, and they are, I think, Brian, as you alluded to, not going to win the division and the Washington football team to do that. Um, but it is a throwback game to yesteryear when the Giants obviously won a Super Bowl. Oh, no, they didn't. They got hockey terribly in the 2000 Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens, 34-7. Um, the Ravens have equally harkened back to yesterday in getting their mojo back uh, 100%. I have to agree. They're getting hot at the right time. They look like they've got something cooking. But there's a bit of a concern. There's a concern for the Ravens, for the Dolphins, for the Browns, for the Colts and the Titans. Five into four doesn't go. One of these teams is still going to miss out on a playoff place. And if you want your little bit of historical serendipity, there are only two teams in history so far that have gone 11 and five and failed to meet the play make the playoffs. 1985, Denver Broncos. And the team that knocked them out or kind of got in ahead of them was the 11 and five New England Patriots, who actually went on to get to the Super Bowl that year before getting destroyed by the Bears. The 2008 New England Patriots then, obviously, with Matt Castle, 11-5. They failed to get past uh, – sorry, the Baltimore Ravens got in instead of them on a better conference record. And now this year, what about the serendipity if it was the Ravens, 11-5, that happened to miss out? You know, just quirks of nature. I, I do see at least three teams being on 11-5 and one missing out, though, um, which will be uh, exciting, nervous, terrifying, and horrible for fan bases to see. We've just got a comment in here, and it goes on my prediction. Uh, person Michael saying the Giants are going to lose their quarter. This isn't even a matchup, boys. This could be worse than Detroit against Tampa Bay. Um, I would love it if you won, Brad. I, I think it'd be great crack. It'd be great crack to see Lamar Jackson out for the year, but um, not for that, me. I think that's a bit harsh. The Lions aren't competitive. The Giants will be competitive. Let's see what happens. That, that, that game is the first game in our preview. It's on at uh, 6 o'clock. I have no idea what game is on Sky, but no one's Sky. They've probably picked the Jaguars against the Bears. We'll come back to that in a second. Uh, the oh, they have, game, Michael. They have. Uh, they actually have. No, Are you I'm serious? Joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next game, I'm presuming they haven't picked. It is the... Um, 3-10 and 1 Bengals. I think Henry's watching. So welcome, Henry, against the Houston Texans 4-10. and 10. That is, the, the Bengals really shut us up. Colin last week, big time. Like, big, big time. Um, a big game for them this week. Can they improve the 4-10 and 1 against the resurgent, uh, well, 4-10 and 10 Houston Texans team? <laughs> well, um, I think what the Bengals showed us that was that this is a team still playing for their head coach. Um, so they're playing for Zach Taylor and they absolutely monstered uh, Big Ben. Um, he had an awful game. It wasn't their offense really that won them. <clears throat> that game other than Finlay's um, obviously the 23-yard the run but I think they had maybe 90 yards um, uh, through the air so um, they still found a, a way to win um, and they you know really I suppose the going up against the Steelers all of the history that's there and there's lots of history between those two teams um, it wasn't just Juju dancing on the logo um, they, there's, there's previous history there too I, I I think they'll probably um, struggle a bit more with Watson. I mean, talk about a, a one-man team. Um, in a, a year where they basically dismantled the team around him and they traded away 
arguably the best wide receiver in, in the game at the moment. Um, they lost Will Fuller to uh, a ped suspension. Um, there's just nobody for him to, to throw to. And he is two off the franchise record for passing touchdowns. Um, he 20, 29 match up holds, holds it. So if he can get three over the last couple of games, he'll, he'll win it. Um, the absolute definition of a one-man team. Um, a lot of talk that J.J. Watt, um, he might be coming to his end, the end uh, of the road at the Texans. I would expect him to potentially, if that is the case, finish strong um, because the Bengals have given up, I think, 48 sacks. Uh, so expect, um, if that is the case, J.J. Watt to, to go out with a, with a bang. I think that the... the they, they won't be able to to do to to Watson what they did to Big Ben, even when you sack him. And he does get sacked a lot. He still finds ways to, to make plays. I think they'll just about have enough um, to to beat the, the Bengals. Um, but I do think this will be a very close game. Yeah, in fact, Watson has uh, <clears throat> the best record, best record for a season for a team that is below 500 in the entirety of the NFL Super Bowl era. Just goes to show what a great quarterback he is. Playing with a team that's lost many a talent all season now. The Bengals, it doesn't happen very often in terms of second head coaches, but this one maybe for the end of the season. Why isn't Taylor not on the hot seat? I mean, they've had two seasons. The Joe Burrow injury probably will save him, but for me, not sure, I'm not seeing how, how we should be giving a tour to crack at it, but whatever. Um, for me, yeah, I think Texas will win. I think uh, the Bengals had their season last week in terms of beating the Steelers. That meant a lot to them. But I think it's back to reality today. And I think Sean Watson will carve up that defence. Texans to win. Yeah, um, Bengals need all the credit in the world. They they mass, mass, managed a massive interdivisional win against their biggest rivals and they didn't damage their draft position at the same time. Now, Jets fans, that's the way you do it. Um, great performance by them. Well-deserved. Um, absolutely made a mockery of us and their D-line just had Ben in check. Their defense was immense the whole way through. You know, could they give the Texans trouble on the same basis? Of course they could, but Watson is more mobile. And yes, he's got, well, he still has Brandon Cooks. He's got less threats there. But to be honest, guys, this has the very much the end of season feel to it. Um, you know, both teams are going to be picking high in the draft. It's not going to be a great game. One stat actually jumped off the, the, the sheet to me, and I was looking at things. The Texans have only had eight takeaways this season. When you consider this is a team with J.J. Watt, they were renowned previously for their ball-hawking secondary. You know, that's a hell of a low number over 14 games. And there's a lot of things wrong in Texas. Uh, sorry, with the Texans. Um, there's a lot of things wrong in Texas as well. But in Houston in particular, there's a lot of things wrong there. But, um, you know, that's just one of many that just jumps out. And again, if you're looking, I suppose, for a, a Beatles song for this one, um, this is going to be – and Henry makes a great point, of course. The Texans don't even have that high number one pick. They're going to be big because they've given it away to Miami. So Miami doubles up, yeah. Um, but the, uh, the, the Beatles song for this one has to be for both teams a little bit while my guitar gently weeps, especially for the ten Texans. Talk about a song written by George Harrison. Talk about the breakup of the Beatles and the slowly drifting apart. That whole Texans team is about to be decimated in the offseason. Well, beyond what Bill O'Brien already did to it. And to be honest, guys, I'd rather watch Prince's version of that, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, probably, than watch this game. So that's maybe what I'll do instead of watching the highlights of this one. 
RIP Prince. Look, I mean, a couple of points here, boys. Texas forever for a start. Secondly, JJ Watt. I mean, he's, he'll probably go and win a ring somewhere else, but will he finish another season in full? Very, very doubtful. Just going on what Brian said there about the Bengals. The reason that they haven't, or he's not really in the hot seat, is because they gave Marvin Lewis 16 years. Now, granted, he was quite successful for some of those years. Like towards the end, it was a disaster. And I love the Bengals. I actually have the Bengals winning today. Uh, for the same reason I had the 49ers winning last night. Forget about the opponent, but typical end of season crap. Oh, we like they're 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 gonna feel very confident coming off a win against Pittsburgh. They've done very, very well against Pittsburgh. They'll go win the to, to Houston against the buying average Texans team, and they'll probably win by a field goal or a touchdown. Uh, Finley playing for his life, literally his life and his career, literally. Um it's not me. It's it, it's a complete waste of time, the game. Let's be honest. I, I love the Bengals, but yeah. I've got the Bengals winning by Fugle. Not lock of the week territory yet. And neither is this game. We've got uh <laughs> the fact that Mitchell Trubisky still has a chance in this league going up against Garner Minshew. Now, the fact if you told me four weeks ago this game would have happened with these two quarterbacks, seven seven against what well, I don't even want to I actually want to thank the Jacksonville Jaguars for ruining the format and that this happened to put one and thirteen at the bottom. Uh column. I mean Bears? Josh? Um, well, the Bears have actually scored 20, 25 points in four consecutive games for the first time since 1995. So if you're a Bears fan, you have been long suffering in terms of seeing points scored. Um, uh, so it, it's good. They've got hot at the right time. Um, David Montgomery has been very impressive um, with uh, 100-yard games, three of the last four. From what I understand, uh, Alan Robinson is going to play because they have to win. Um, and the good news is that the, the Jazz defense is just awful. It's awful against the pass. It's awful against the rush. They've got their two um, top cornerbacks out. Um, and if, if a team wasn't, you know, <clears throat> trying to sabotage, there was a lot of talk about Greg Williams. I still think it was just Greg Williams being Greg Williams. The Jags have pulled Menchu, from what I understand. He's not going to play today. Uh, I know he took okay. two or uh, five sacks last week, but he was actually decent. And he is the QB that gives them the best chance to win. And because of that, they've pulled him. They're putting Mike Glennon in because they are ensuring that they are going to tank. They are not going to do a Jets on it. I saw last week, well, during that Rams-Jets game, apparently uh, some of the reporters were texting with some of the Jags executives who were saying, one more quarter to Trevor. So um, they, they're ensuring that they are going to get uh, Trevor Lawrence down uh, there in Jacksonville. The Bears are winning this. Yeah, you touched on Alan Robinson, but James Robinson, the running back for the Jags, has also been removed from the game. He's, he has a slight injury, so he won't play either. So, if you, if another confirmation that the game plan is very much let's tank our last two games against the Bears and the Colts and make sure that Trevor arrives in Jacksonville come April. Um, and then you've got the Bears who, as I said, are, are just going in the right direction at the moment. And for all the stick that Michael and a lot of other people give Trubisky, he's put up over 28 points as a quarterback in six of the last seven games he's played. And uh, they're going to get the Jags defense that actually has the worst record in Jags defense of history this season. Their defense is giving up over 20 points a game. It's the worst of all the years since the Jags were brought into the NFL. Yeah, on which it bears to win and keep the dream alive. 
Yeah, um, I, I I feel like in breaking news, my my right knee is is hurting a bit. So as a precaution, the Jags are going to remove Mike Glennon and start Jake Luton as quarterback or, or or something like that. They are absolutely singing to Trevor. They're saying, Trevor, you can drive my car, or all you need is Trevor. Um, like this this is an ode to him at this stage from the Jags. The Bears could not be more grateful or thankful for this matchup at this uh, point of the season. Um, you almost want to think, could the Bears still screw it up? Like, you know, the, the inconsistency they've had this season uh, would make you wonder and make you very worried for that reason. Um, but they won't. The Bears will win this game and they'll get what they want, which is a chance going into week 17 and making the playoffs. And the Jags will get what they want, which is Trevor Lawrence. I think that sums up this season. Like, I know the Bears started really strongly, but the fact of the matter is the Bears have a chance going into week 17, whereas my beloved Broncos don't, so humbug. Uh, this isn't even a contest. You know, London will have a better chance against Dublin and the All-Ireland boys, as far as I'm concerned. Not even worth talking about, to be honest. Sorry, Jacksonville fans. Well, I know there's a lot of Jacksonville fans out there, apparently in London and stuff, so I'm very sorry about that. Hopefully next week or next year. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I don't want to talk because there's about 15 other games, but he is not going to Jacksonville. There is... No chance he is going to Jacksonville. Trevor, what? no Why not? chance. He, he he refused to go. Why would you want to go there? They're going to London by 2025 anyway. The, the likelihood he was going to, sorry, Mark, the likelihood is the, the talk for the past two months was would he pull an Elway or an Eli Manning to get out of Jets? And everybody said, why would he want to go to the Jets when he can go live and play with a team that's near enough for his family to travel an hour and a half? It all made sense. No, Michael, okay. And there's no, no, no. will Trevor take a look at the Jags and then college number for me? I think no. he'll just come out and be like, eh, eh. No, no, he won't stay in college another year, but he will go to the Jags. Zero state taxes, close enough to his family, sunny beaches. Um, he will be in complete control of that franchise. Like, if you don't think if he shows even 60% of the promise that everyone is expecting from him. In year two or three, he will be calling the shots on how they construct things, which is a good thing or a bad thing, of course, depending on your, your viewpoint on it. But he will be the man, the unquestioned man in any way, shape or form. Yeah, he won't get as many celebrity endorsements and, and things like that and the sponsorship aspects because he won't be in a big money market uh, arena. But him and Tua will turn Florida into the NFL main merchandising factory and sponsorship factory i say it's a no-brainer for me why stay in college and risk getting injured and losing out on hundreds of millions he's going and he'll enjoy it i'm yeah, telling you he's mammy you'll enjoy this sorry <clears throat> michael quick one if he was to say no to jacksonville which i think the three of us anyway um outside of yourself i think that's madness the jets might be the better proposition they've got two first round picks obviously he'd be one of them they've got two second round picks and they're going to get a new head coach in, and that head coach is not like there's going to be. Uh, I'll let Mark pronounce it. Is it Mickendale from the Ravens, the defensive coordinator? It's cl close enough, Brian. Close enough. Go on, you give it to me. No, no, but I was sorry. I was going to say though, but they're the Jets. That's what yeah. I was going to say. They're still the Jets, and the Jags, for all their faults, have made AFC Championships games. They have put together decent teams. They have an idea on roster construction and sanity in the front office. Um, you know, sometimes they lose the 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 the, the plot. Doug Marone is a prime example, um, but they actually are a better and more functioning franchise than the New York Jets ever would be, ever will be, and ever have been. 
Michael, I really look forward to the uh, the draft shows. It's going to be when there's a few mock drafts going on. <laughs> Just, I, I would concur with um, what Mark is saying. In ter- the other thing is, the Jags aren't afraid to spend some money. And and the Jets just won't, right? So if they get Trevor Lawrence in there and they and you build around him, as Mark said, they have gone to championship games. They're not afraid to, to spend they made the, the bad decision of spending some of it on Blake Bortles, uh, which was a really terrible decision. But they have built teams there in the past. The Jets, no. He I I can see him going. I'm sure he would prefer to be going potentially somewhere else. Um, but when he looks at it and he weighs it up, yeah, he's going to Jacksonville. I'm going to just put the last word in here because we have to move on because I know people are going to jump into this. I'm just going to move on, right? I'm going to deny anything. Uh, this is a team that are on the verge of leaving Jacksonville. Their stadium lease is up. Khan wants out. Absolute another show. Nowhere near if I was in. Um, oh, right. Falcons, Chiefs, 13 and 1, 4 and 10. Colm, entertain me, please. Um, if this was a defensive game, the Chiefs would win. If it's a shootout, the Chiefs will win. Whatever happens, the Chiefs will win. The, the Falcons <laughs> might get off to a good start. The, the Chiefs will win. The, the Falcons might finish strong. They probably won't. They never do. The Chiefs will still win. Um, I, I think I expect Travis Kelsey to have an even bigger game than he usually does. Um, Hill is nursing a hamstring injury, so they won't. While he may suit up, I'd say he will see very limited action if they can keep him on the, the sidelines. Um, the, the Falcons haven't scored more than 30 points against anyone with a, a sniff of the playoffs. And I say that having seen them put 30 points on my Broncos. Um, they're not winning um, this game. The Chiefs have just, I mean, we talk about teams doing certain things. The Chiefs have chiefed their ways. They have just found, they've kept them all at, at arm's um, length. Whatever they've had to do to win, they have done to win, and they'll do the same today. Yeah, <clears throat> Michael, the last while you've been suggesting that the Chiefs aren't playing well and they're, they're winning close games. They've actually won six in a row by six points or less, which is an NFL record. I thought you, you liked to know that. And another one for you, the last two number one seasons in the AFC who are returning Super Bowl champions have made the Super Bowl but lost both times. So there's a little something for you to put in your back pocket for come February. But the Chiefs are going to win this one and I see the line is 10.5 for me. In the last, you know, the, the Falcons look like they had a bit of a, a jump when Raheem Morris took over, but they've gone back to what they were. They've lost four of the last five games. I think Chiefs won't be winning by six out of that this week. I think they'll be a lot higher, 14, 17, 20 points. I think they'll run the score on the Falcons. We've talked a couple of times during the season about teams coming off a you know a disappointing loss and saying, oh, but they've, they've got the Jags or they've got the Jets coming up, so it's a good bounce-back game for them. Obviously, didn't work out that way for the Rams the other week. But you know, you've got the Atlanta Falcons this week who are coming off throwing away a 17-point lead to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they must look at the schedule and go, oh, don't worry, guys, we'll get them next... Oh, Oh, it's it's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that that's not quite as enjoyable. Um, the Chiefs already have their ticket to ride. They've already got their ticket to the Super Bowl in my book. Sam, I'm ready to rock. Um, they're averaging averaging 428 yards of offense per game. And guys, we've seen them in so many games almost shut it down in the fourth quarter. They haven't been trying. I still don't believe we've seen them out of third gear. Can they hit that fourth and fifth gear when they need to? I think yes. 
But if they don't, then obviously any team on their day, it is the NFL, can push them. The Falcons are not one, however. This game is a walkover. And, okay, here's one random thing to look for. I, I'm trying to find weaknesses. I, I feel your pain, guys, as, as Bronco fans here. But, you know, I'm trying to find weaknesses for you in the Chiefs. And all I could come up with, other than their defense you can score points on, is that Harrison Butker on the season has missed six extra points. And as we saw in the Raiders-Dolphins game, you know, an extra point can be important. So maybe that's something to be hopeful for. But if I'm stretching for an extra point misses, you realize they are an efficient football machine. They're going to win. They're going to win week 17 as well and go 15-1. and one. And they will be the number one seed in the AFC and get to the Super Bowl. Right? Go on. All right. I'm not giving a pick for this game. If I don't give a pick, maybe maybe the Chiefs might not win. But I'm not giving a pick. Don't think it's worth my time. Boring. Right. Anyway, this game is not boring. It is the 1-13 New York Jets against the Cleveland Browns. You can see my edit in the Zach Good. I've actually moved Cleveland over his arm for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Colm, I think this is the better game than the Chiefs-Falcons. It definitely gives more potential anyway. Well, it, it is now, given the fact that the Browns are without their wide receiving core. Um, the um, I hate to say it, but there was an awful lot of Broncos fans saying that the rules weren't being applied, um, that the same across the board. Well, they are now because the um, the Browns have one wide receiver for this game. Um, yeah, it's not the, the quarterback, obviously, but um, it, it, it shows that you break COVID protocols, well, you're players sit out um i am very interested to see if that happens in the playoffs but you know it certainly for today um the the nfl and, and roger goodell are applying equally uh i i think for for the jets obviously it gives them much more of a chance but for the the browns they they have um they've decent tight ends um you can you can imagine they they might line um hunt uh, up there in the slot i think also they were able to bully off um, there are certain QBs that, that you can bully. Um, the Broncos bullied Tua earlier in the the year, and the Jets absolutely bullied Goff. You can get into their head. I don't think you can do the same with Mayfield. Um, I, I don't think they'll be able to get at him in, in the same way. And given what the, the Browns have at running back, I imagine they'll lean on it. I think the, the Rams went away from that way too quickly last week because they actually had some success with it, but they, they got um, they got too concerned about getting into it too quickly. Um, I, I'd say the Browns have been forced into leaning on it. I think they'll still, despite the fact they have one um, active wide receiver, they will have enough to to just about um, win this game. Yeah, they've also got two really good tight ends in Harrison Bryant, the rookie, and Joko, who he drafted a couple of years ago. So they still have potential to use them in wide receiver options. Marvin Holland is touched on as the only wide receiver who's from the active roster. They brought in three from the practice squad. But I think the Jets will be kicking themselves over that win last week, albeit they won't come out publicly and say it. And I think they'll be doing their best to try keep at least in that situation where week 17, where the Jags could slip up. And I just don't see. And the Browns know if they win, as Mark touched on earlier, you know, five and the four doesn't go. The Browns have to win. And they haven't made a playoff since 2002. I don't see this game being the one that causes any damage to making it. Yeah. So, the Browns for me. 
Yeah, um, they've also got Austin Hooper there, who's the very functional yeah. tight end. And um, even their backup running back, Dernis Johnson, um, is uh, a very good functioning back and, and able to take uh, uh, catches out of the backfield as well. So could you see some interesting like formations? What about uh, a, a three running back, two tight end formation, which you then split out, for example, because you'll have viable catching options. Try and get the Jets into a heavy package. Um they still have some flexibility. Of course, missing basically your entire wide receiving court is not ideal for the Browns. Um, and yes, the Jets could win this game and they won't affect their draft position. So there is literally nothing to lose for the Jets um, unless the, the Jaguars happen to win another game and then they'll be sickened again. Um, but um, the reality is um, the Jets are an exercise in, in just calling out for help. I need somebody, help, not just anybody. Uh, and... Uh, they they have so many things wrong with them. Yes, they've played really well the last couple of weeks uh, and competitively, and obviously got that that for them great win against the Rams, which turned out to be an awful win against the Rams, given what they've done to their pick on uh, uh, the draft. But I still think this is all about who's got too much to lose. The Browns have too much to lose. It would be the browniest thing to do to get to eleven and five or something like that and mess it up. They still have the chance to get to 12 and 4 and take themselves out of that mess. They start by beating the Jets, and then they have the Sedilas in the last week of the season. Browns have to win it. Browns will win it. But it's Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, the usual suspects, going to power their way to victory. Yeah, you're talking about the fact there that the Jets, you know, if they lose, it doesn't really matter for the draft. Sorry, if they win, sorry, it'll, it'll not really matter for the draft. Uh, that, that'll be them next week in, in New England, Mark. When they win, as, as I've said for a few weeks now, um, Thanks, season two wins. Thank you, um, Austin Hooper, a guy that Atlanta could really use again. You know, because they keep choking and choking and choking. Uh, this won't be an issue for the Browns. The the Browns need to win this game, and they have to win this game at the end of the day. They shouldn't have an issue against this Jets team because the Raiders beat them. Uh, Baker Mayfield will have a good day as well. I don't think it's going to matter too much because they have got the depth. They're going on what uh, Brian said, David and Joku. A tight end as well, I think, is 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 a good pickup for anybody in a fantasy final. Uh, but yeah, I've got the Browns winning this game, going to eleven and four in the season, and the Jets falling to one and fourteen. And who knows what's going to happen that first pick? Who knows? There could still be a chance, boys. There could still be a chance. Uh, the next game is the battle of the old men. Really excited for this. It is the Colts against the Steelers. Um, yeah. Retirement game. It's like the WWE. Whoever loses has to retire. Colin, who, who who's going to win this game and why? Um, well, Philip Rivers doesn't look old. Um, he doesn't notice. He, he he looks like he is like especially over the last three games. I think six touchdowns, no interceptions, just playing really really well. And the Colts have been so balanced, whereas. Um, it's a bit like that Giants-Ravens game. One team uh, um, got hot. One team is, um, you know, sliding down. Steelers are, you know, have been below 20, uh, 20 points in four consecutive games. Haven't done that since uh, Big Ben's rookie season. Um, I I think it's very difficult to, to jumpstart a, a season um, when when your offense when none of it is is really working at the at the moment and especially against this Colts team that um, are decent everywhere really um, there's no obvious obvious weakness um, <clears throat> yeah there of course there are things you can improve um, and that's always always the way um, but. 
for me, given the balance that they have, the threats that they have through the air and on the ground, um, the fact that they're able to protect um, Rivers so well, which gives him time. I mean, the Steelers have been able to protect Ben better than anyone. And even with that, it, it hasn't um, really worked recently. Uh, I think I have the Colts um, winning this one and uh, the Steelers um, losing uh, four on the bounce. Yeah, Mark touched on last week how well the Colts uh, GM has done Ballard in terms of putting the team together. And this defense is the best season they've had since 2008. And the Steelers are going in the opposite direction for me. They're, I think they'll be one and done come playoff time. No team has ever gone 11-0 and, and lost four games in a row thereafter in NFL history. But this year, it's going to happen. I think the Colts will win. Their running game is too strong at the moment as well, which the Steelers just don't have. Between Hines and Taylor, they're taking a lot of pressure off Rivers and... Other players are stepping up. Like last week, whenever he's talking about T.Y. Hilton, Pascal, wide receiver, steps up in the huge moments in the game. So they, they're stacked now. And um, I can't see the Steelers being able to go score for score against that Colts offense either. So for me, the Colts are going to win the game. To me, um, the most interesting thing about the Colts, and you say the old men, the retirement game, Philip Rivers isn't retiring. He's refreshed from where he appeared last season in the Chargers. And now you have to wonder... Does retirement come first or baby number 10 for Philip Rivers? Uh, you know, uh, that that would be Sorry? More babies and touchdowns. Sorry, I had to just More babies and touchdowns. Well, not this season, Michael. He's been doing pretty well on the touchdown front this season. Um, you know, fortunately, unlike Antonio Cromartie, he can also remember all of his kids' names. So uh, he's doing well. Um, Rivers... I, I questioned what the Colts were doing when they picked him. Uh, I questioned whether he had the arm strength left. I questioned whether he had the desire left. He spent all his life in um, L.A. going as far as commuting to – sorry, San Diego, commuting to L.A. because he didn't want to disrupt his family. And now he goes across the country to Indianapolis. Um, it, it seems strange, but it's worked. Uh, a credit to Ballard, a credit to um, a very, very strong coaching staff. Um, and a credit to a defense there in Indianapolis that didn't start off as strong as they have done in years past, but pulled it together um, and, and really look a solid unit. Are they the upper echelon of the AFC? Not in my mind. I would rank the Bills above them. I would rank the uh, the Chiefs well above them. Um, uh, and, you know, there's arguments for other teams as well, like the Titans, for example, who they're obviously in competition for, for the division uh, lead. Um, but they can certainly make a splash in the playoffs. For the Steelers, like, um, get back, get back, get back to where you once belonged is almost the mantra there. They they need to break this habit. They have uh, TJ Watt leading the league with 13 sacks, yet their defense, remarkably, is at the moment the weak link. Um, with the losses of Dupree and with Bush, they just can't get their mojo back on offense or defense. This is going to be a super tough game for them to do in this regard. Um, for me, it's the Colts. And yes, if the Steelers don't win this game, the death spiral continues. The death spiral continues. Um, I like that one. I'll just say this here. I mean, this game's in Sky for a start, 6 o'clock, yeah, Ireland, UK time. Gentlemen and ladies. Um, yeah, I mean, the Colts are going to win this game. But I'll, I'll explain in a second why. But if the Steelers win this game, it could rejuvenate them. You know, obviously Tomlin is coming in and saying they're a bad football team at the minute. When he's coming out and saying that, and when the players are coming out and saying that, you know, there's, there's definitely an issue there. 
But Philip, but Philip Rivers looks good, really, really good man. And also Jonathan Taylor in at running back. But I think you might have mentioned him, Brian, as well. Uh, Zach Pascal, same surname as your man from uh, Normal People. Can't remember his name now, but uh, the Colts just are going to be far better. They're they're my lock of the week this week. I think they're going to score four or five touchdowns, both passing and rushing. Um, and it, you know to put the Colts now at the same record as the Steelers after this game would have been unthinkable five weeks ago. Um, but I agree with Mark. They're nowhere near as good as the Bills, who we'll talk about tomorrow. But uh, yeah, that's my lock of the week, the Colts. Um, I think it could be 14 to 21 points of a difference. And if not, if the Steelers do win, the discussion then starts, are the Steelers back? Because if they beat this Colts team, a very good Colts team at that, um, maybe, they, maybe they are back, who knows? Um, okay. So two, two things, Michael. One is it's Paul Meskel is the actor from Ordinary People. You Mescal? Think. Yeah, uh, close enough, close enough. And, and oh, look, all right, okay. Makes there is, is a valid comment. I mean, the you know the Colts are are suffering, and they've had great luck with the not great luck, but great uh, consistency on the offensive line this year, and great performance from them both in pass protect and opening holes. Um, Jonathan Taylor in the running game has definitely got going the last couple of weeks. I don't think it makes any difference, however, and we should have alluded to the fact that conscious of that injury uh, uh, situation there, because of the challenges the Steelers have been having now consistently getting pressure. Um, realistically, as an O-line coordinator now, you want to take care of TJ Watt, naturally, as I said, 13 sacks leading the league. And I'm not frightened anymore of anyone else on that team. I'm not frightened of Devin Bush because he's not there. I'm not frightened of Bud Dupree because he's not there. So I still think the Colts will have too much. Too much, too much. Talking about too much, we'll not spend too much time in this. Only joking. The five and nine Denver Broncos at the five and nine Los Angeles Chargers. The Battle of the West, Colin. But before Colin, two seconds, man. Um, if you have any comments, folks, fire them in. We will answer to the best fire ability. Colin, obviously a Broncos win today, yeah, surely. I've got to do something a little bit different because there's a lot of talk, right, about Drew Locke in comparisons to Josh Allen last year and everyone thinking, can Drew Locke make the jump? And I'm going to throw Justin Herbert in there as well, okay? So Locke this year has 14 touchdowns, 20, which puts him 22nd. Allen had 20 last year. We know Allen took the jump, right? Allen is in the stratosphere. He had 20 last year, which was 21st. Justin Herbert has 27. Right? He he's, uh, holds the rookie record, right? 27. This is a rookie who had no uh, offseason, which we're told is a big deal. No time to prepare. New system. He's ninth. Drew Locke has 13 interceptions, tied for second in the league. Josh Allen threw nine interceptions all of last season, right? Put him 16th. Justin Herbert has 10 interceptions, puts him 10th. In terms of completion percentage, Drew Locke is 57.7. He's 35th. 35th in terms of completion percentage. Josh Allen, though, in fairness now, right? Josh Allen last year was 58.2. He was bottom of the class as well okay so there is a fair comparison there Justin Herbert uh, is completing 66.5 percent of his passes in terms of yards per attempt Drew Locke 6 6.6 puts him 27 Josh Allen the exact same last year the exact same so yes again fair comparison Justin Herbert 7.1 per attempt puts him 23rd in terms of QB rating um Drew Locke, 75.4 on the season, puts him 34th. Josh Allen last year, 83.9, put him 27th. 
Justin Herbert, 96.3. He's 16th. Um, and I suppose the, the other part of this that doesn't get talked to, right? So those are all the QB stats, the rushing stats, okay? So Drew Locke's 138 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I, I'll go to Herbert next. Herbert has 199 this year and four touchdowns. Josh Allen had 602 yards rushing last year, nine touchdowns, 602. That put him on 36 on the list of all the rushers in the league. Not just QBs. He was so far ahead of everyone else. It was ridiculous. I want Drew Locke to come good. I was absolutely, I was the conductor on the Drew Locke hype train. But Drew Locke has got to show up. When you are hearing the completion percentage, when you are hearing the QB rating, Drew Locke has got two games here against two divisional rivals. He has got to show up. He's got to make statement performances. He's got to show us that he's the, the guy. Uh, how do I follow from there? <laughs> In fairness, Colin makes all very good, valid points. And I imagine a lot of Broncos fans are very much in that mixed camp where they just don't know whether Locke is the answer in the long term. People forget Herbert last year potentially could have went to the number one pick. So what's Herbert has come in this year, people are, I'm surprised how well he's played. He didn't have the proper off-season. He didn't have the training camp as being selected as a starter and he only realized week one. A lot of people thought last year if he had a not gone back to college, he would have been the number one pick. So I think people always were aware of the potential that he could bring, and he's in a good place. And he's averaging 290 yards per game for a rookie. That's unbelievable. And the Chargers over the past few weeks have somehow managed to start winning get close games. They've lost games this season, very close games, where heartbreakers, they've had three games this season where they've been up by 17 and thrown them away. They beat the Falcons, they beat the Raiders last week. I'd love to see Denver win. But for me, the charges are going to win. Yeah, um, based on the stat attack, two things we shouldn't overlook. Obviously, Justin Herbert hasn't even had a full season. He's still got two games of the season to go, but he didn't start the season. And the uh, Chargers doctor will go down in the history, I think, of Chargers uh, history, like Mo uh, Lewis goes down in Patriots history for uh, puncturing poor Dred Bl Drew Bledslow's lung. Um, you know, the Chargers took it one step further. They just got the doctor to do it for them. So, you know, take Taylor out of the game there, you know, just stab him a bit, will you? Um, Herbert is a bona fide superstar. And all those stats go to that point that he is the real deal. I think expecting... Um, Drew Locke to make a Josh Allen-type leap is um, unfortunately flawed and unlikely to happen. Not many quarterbacks take that level of a leap in their third year. Um, it's a credit to what the Bills have done in his development. It also makes me still worry about the capability of Allen long-term. Um, but just two things on this game, guys. The Broncos' turnover ratio, giveaways to takeaways, they're minus 18 it's appalling. Like, I mean, that that is not just that is not just one isolated issue or incident. That is Drew Lock making bad decisions. Drew Lock throwing bad passes. Drew Lock not protecting the ball. Um, there are a lot of things going on there. Um, you know, Lock to me is a bust. He is an absolute bust, and this whole game is about hello goodbye. Because I do not think, obviously, Anthony Lynn is going to be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers next season. I don't think Drew Locke will be 
the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos next season. And I don't think Vic Fangio should be the starting head coach, or starting head coach, the head coach of the Denver Broncos next season. Um, Chargers should have too much, although the coaching has hurt Herbert in recent weeks. They should have too much. They're a better team. They've got a better quarterback, um, and they'll win this game. Colin, I'll get you to answer that question about Shermer in a second. Uh, thanks for your question, Mr. Holmes. Drew Locke will be the starting quarterback next year. Uh, Vic Fangio will be the head coach next year, uh, all because of ineptitude at the management level. Well, there is no management level at the, at the Broncos. All the whispers coming out of Del Valle at the minute are that it's going to be status quo next year. Whether that's the right thing or not, it's a different conversation for a different time, but the excuses have already started, and the excuses will get even bigger next week whenever they went. Well, what, what are they sitting at the minute? Five and nine when they go five and 11. The Broncos aren't going to win this game today. Herbert is a real deal. Um, you know, you've got the Chiefs that have got a, a I'm not going to say a, a, a dynasty, but they've got a quarterback there for the next 10 years. The Raiders have got a new stadium in Vegas, and Derek Carr can throw the ball more than 40 yards if he wants. you got Herbert with the Chargers. The Broncos need to wise up now. Or they're in big trouble. Well, they're, they're already in big trouble, but you know, wise up and try and do something. It'd be nice, Colm, if John Elway could just admit that he was wrong on multiple levels and maybe just, I'm not going to say walk away, but give it one last throw of the dice or just stop making excuses. But what's your opinion in that comment about you know how many of lock problems are caused by the OC? Um, well, I, I, I think it goes, we'll, we'll have to have a discussion at some point, but I, I don't think John Elway made the decision not to hire Kyle Shanahan. I think if Kyle Shanahan was in the building, it'd be a different kettle of fish. In terms of the OC and Drew Locke, um, I don't think the OC has helped. I don't think what the Broncos have done ha has helped. I mean, I, look, I've gone through it there. The completion percentage is, is probably the, the thing that worries me um, the most. Um, but... Pat, I mean, um, I, I know um, he he had success with with the Vikings, um, but when you see um, Steve Smith come out, like Odell Beckham coming out, like. Uh, he says things right but Steve Smith coming out uh, a guy who's around the league a long time a guy who's pretty hard-nosed and he had some pretty um, severe stuff to say about Pat Sherber um, I, I think there are issues there um, certainly um, I think they they have a they didn't put any experience around Locke which didn't help and I think the fact that they had Drew Locke throw bomb after bomb after bomb earlier in the season was just um, ridiculous um, I, I think the other thing is um, coaching is teaching and we haven't seen them try I don't think to teach Locke to go through his progressions he still stares down the 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 first receiver um, and that's that's a huge issue I mean if, when you when you watch the Herbert tonight or watch the other um, young QBs that go through progressions that's the biggest thing and I think that's one of the fatal flaws that the, the Rams have with with Goff um, is is that um, so but Drew hasn't progressed as, as we like so a combination of both definitely uh, I would apportion um, blame to there's plenty of blame to go around and, and it can go every which direction My, Michael if you're looking for one positive like Drew Locke has played 56 quarters this season he played one really really good fourth quarter against the Chargers earlier in the season so they're playing the Chargers again so you know lightning can strike twice maybe and what's he done since SFA sweet family album and nobody in denver wants to talk about it and me and calm are the worst in the world 
if we say anything. Uh, on the real football, we got the Panthers against the Washington football team, the football team going for the East. Colm, who's going to win this game? Why? Um, well, we we have issues with our um, our QB play. Um, the, the Washington football team have issues with their uh, QB full stop. If Alex Smith was fit and healthy, um, and, and probably in a, a functional organization, the owner there is, that's its own train wreck situation. Dwayne Haskins shouldn't be at the, the football team anymore. He just shouldn't be. Your coach is immunocompromised. You know what's going on. Your your team are still in with an am- amazing chance of, of going to the playoffs despite everything. And you decide to go to the club and not wear a mask? Ah, cop on. Cop on. Um, and, and yet with all that going on, um, I think the fact that uh, it's Riverboat Ron going up against... Um, the, the Panthers still means that the Washington football team are favorites <clears throat> for this. Um, the the Panthers um, rush defense is isn't great. Um, you know we we saw we saw that um, against the the Broncos and I think Gibson is now slated to play, which is obviously a huge boost. Um, and and if the the Washington team have have any sense, they uh, go on the ground um, because when the game was on the line last week and they put it in Haskins' hands, he wanted uh, I don't know how much time, um, and then the Seahawks got to him. Um, and the, the Panthers are, are, are decent uh, against the, the past. What Panthers team show up, though? Is it the one that made um, Drew Locke seem like vintage John Elway? Or is it the one that made Aaron Rodgers look like an old man? Um, that That is the, the question, I think, for this one. Um, I, I think that the Washington defense is going to be too strong for Teddy B. Um, and I think they will make life very, very difficult for him. He's a QB who likes to hold on to the ball, I think, for, for too long. So for that reason, I think the, the Washington team, despite everything that's going on there, get the win today. Yeah, Colin, you touched on there, you know, which Panthers turns up is the ones that play one, well one week or the one that just doesn't show up the following week. They've still lost eight of nine games. When they are turning up in, in a, a good performance, um, the quarterback situation has been resolved. We don't know at the moment, even on a Sunday morning, who's going to play quarterback today, whether it's going to be Haskins or Smith. Smith with Smith, 4-1, without him, 2-7. and seven. But uh, for me, it's, a, it's all about the defence. We touched on last week, how many players, how many playmakers they have. Everybody keeps alluding to Chase Young, but they've got a lot of other good players there. Montez, Kerrigan, backup come in. For me, you've touched on it already. Teddy Bridgewater won't be able to live with this uh, Washington defence. So for me, the Washington team win the division, save and win the division. Sorry, win the game, win the division, Stephen. Just with the week that was in it with Alvin Kamara getting his six rushing touchdowns, I ended up down a Wikipedia slash YouTube hole of random NFL records. And actually, Washington, as you know, one of the more storied franchises in history, slamming Sammy Bohr was one of the ones I loved. He once threw for four touchdowns in a game, took four interceptions himself, and had an 81-yard punt in the season. He led the league in passing, rushing – sorry, passing, interceptions, and punting. Um, other than, you know, a little bit of an interlude where they won a few Super Bowls in between, Washington has not been a relevant uh, franchise for a long period of time. Even their one bright spot in the last 10, 15 years, RG3, well, Mike Shanahan decided to destroy him in a playoff game and ruin his career uh, ever more thereafter. They had a functioning quarterback.
back who liked things apparently uh kirk cousins and then they couldn't get a long-term deal with him but whether he's a franchise quarterback or not is a matter for another day despite all this despite the ineptitude of their owner who is currently claiming he's being um he's being persecuted and sued and blackmailed by minority owners um you know despite their quarterback who wants to dance around the parade uh, around with strippers in the middle of a global pandemic they somehow with a little help from their friends in the NFC East, are leading the NFC East and are likely to go to the playoffs. Do I get that Beatles song in there somehow? Um, to me, the Panthers have exceeded expectations this season, especially when you consider how much C-Mac's been injured. They're playing very tough. I think it's a good sign for the future for the Panthers organization in what's going to be a very tough and competitive NFC South for years to come if they get their quarterback sorted they have the building blocks to make some magic happen. Uh, but for this season and this state of affairs, Washington have enough to put it together. Chase Young and that defense are the real deal. Um, Washington to win. Michael, sorry, just a quick one. Mark's talking about history there. No head coach who's gone up against him and which he's brought to a Super Bowl has ever beaten him, and he's on the opposite sideline. So if he does win against Panthers, he'll be the fourth head coach in the history to ever beat a team which he brought to a Super Bowl. Hopefully not the case. Um, it's, it actually is quite a fascinating matchup in this in the fact that obviously you got the whole situation between Haskins, but there is no there's no there's no like you know oh we know we're starting a quarterback today for the Washington football team. Uh, I seen Steven Montez who was elevated this week uh play for the Colorado Buffaloes a couple of times last year. I seen him play against USD two years ago. I know the college game was a lot different to the NFL, but he is a decent enough quarterback. He can run as well. So don't be surprised if he does make an appearance today against the Panthers. Um, if they can get a sort of out an offense, they should beat the Panthers because their defense is really good and they will win the East, if not this week, next week. Um yeah. Talking about the NFC East or least. Well, hello by the way to the Skull or Skull fans. Oh. Skull, Skull, Skull. Oh. Big game this week um, in the NFC East is the matchup between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Does everyone like my graphic for that? Yeah. Okay. No, I, love the, I love the fact that there's now no Cowboy that you can put up that's recognizable <laughs> enough. You can just put Jerry up there. Alan, uh, you know, what's, what's your take on this? Who's going to win and why? I think this has the makings of a, a really good game. The Eagles have suddenly become one of the most entertaining teams in town since they brought in Jalen Hurts. Um, who, who knew that, that that bringing in the the backup would you know rejuvenate and make them fascinating to watch? The the Cowboys I think have benefited from playing backups in the last couple of games. Seven uh, takeaways um, against the the Bengals and the 49ers. but I think they'll find this backup a little bit more more difficult um to to go against um they were able to um kind of get the running game and, and tony pollard had a really good game last weekend um i don't think they'll be able to run all over the eagles in in the same way the eagles are um are pretty good against the the run um against the the pass um that's where they have issues would you bet on Andy Dalton? I don't think I I would, especially when um, the Eagles are so good um, at getting to the, the quarterback. So I would expect Andy Dalton to be running for his life. Um, 
the Hurts took six sacks last week, but like Deshaun Watson, he he makes plays happen. I think that the new breed of, of QB that has come through will take sacks, but they're so mobile and and they they extend plays, so they're able to get those you know those ch- um, chunks of yards back. I think that. Um, the Eagles will win this one, even though it is um, in Jerry's world. Um, I, I think that there just seems to be uh, momentum uh, around them, and, and uh, I think they will they will have enough to to win this one today. At, a, at the start of the season, you ask most fans, "What do you want?" and they say, "I want meaningful football for my team." Come. Week 15, week 16, week 17, and bizarrely enough, this actually is a meaningful game. Because if the permutations go different ways in 6 o'clock Giants game and then the, the Washington game, one of these teams could potentially be in a position to win the division next week, which is absolutely bizarre, bear in mind the records that they have. For the Cowboys' defense, it's the worst defense they've had in history. They're giving up over 30 points a game. Uh, Collins alluded to, Hortz looks like he's... You know, the real deal so far, albeit only two games, he's rushed for over 85 yards in each game. He's thrown touchdowns. Seems to have a little bit of mojo back in terms of the Eagles' offense. And this game is obviously a rivalry game, and both teams are really real for it. But for me, I'm going to stick with what Colin said, and I'm going to go with the Eagles to win as well. There are few things in life that can surprise us anymore. I would not be surprised to watch this game and see a 2 zero game decided on a safety or a 51 49 you know shootout in the desert well the only thing about this game that would surprise me if i saw two competent well-coached disciplined teams play that would absolutely shock and uh completely surprise me given what we've seen so far both these teams have a bigger fundamental question than this week though um their beatles song is we can work it out because Dallas Cowboys are turning around to Dak Prescott, who they're probably going to have to put on the franchise tag at 110% of his $31.6 million, and say, we can work it out, Dak. Let's do a long-term deal. Let's figure out something, provided he's getting back from his injury. The Eagles have an even worse conversation, as the, the comment alludes to. They've got the conversation with whom they were saying, is their franchise quarterback? We're putting it all on you. We've got so much dead money. We've got so much cap space invested in you. Um, can we work? it out in the off season um i i agree with brian bizarrely this does have meaning actually this game especially washington do slip up against the panthers but um more way more interesting for me it is way more interesting what are the eagles going to do with wentz and hurts uh, are they going to have an open competition are they going to try and restructure carson's contract are they just going to try and ship him off in a salary dump for a low draft pick uh, and just take one year's cap hit uh, because it was better, obviously, if he's traded than if he's cut outright in terms of the cap hit implications. Is too much money. It will weigh down their team forevermore. And of course, if you do believe Jalen Hurts is the solution, well, you've got basically two years on the rookie quick QB quarter, uh, contract before you've got to give him the big money deal. So you need to do something quick and fast. So Lots of fun for uh, Jeffrey Lurie and the front office there of the Philadelphia teams to, to team to figure out. Um, in terms of the actual game, yeah, flip a coin. Um, I can make a case for either side, but I will go in favour of the Jalen magic continuing on and Hurts delivering some more Hurts to Cowboys fans, unfortunately, this season. So Eagles to win. 
Does anybody else want to jump on that question about Cartman? Yeah, just what, one of the interesting things was that um, I suppose there was a lot of talk that um, the Colts might look at Wentz because of the relationship that Frank Reich and he had. Um, and this is something that's interesting um, in, in the wider scheme, like the scheme. We talked about Rivers coming in there. Um, Frank Reich is, is a man of devout faith um and and so is Carson Wentz right they, there was a lot of talk that that's one of the reasons they got on so well and that Wentz kind of lost his way when Frank Wright moved on Philip Rivers is as well um and that might be something that you know we could look we could look at in the future it really interesting they seem to have gelled and Frank Wright spoke just um about two weeks ago how he felt rivers had a few more years to go um we we, we sometimes um underestimate or, or don't understand the way in which maybe different offensive coordinators and head coaches gel with their players and what they gel about um but if somebody is somebody of profound faith and they find somebody else who has that that can be enormous um you know it, it, it is something that diego maradona it dragged him through his career um through all those those lows it, it is something that he clung to um and it is something that makes a real difference to athletes so i think um what, uh, frank reich has found a guy in philip rivers i don't see Wentz going there i think the eagles have the real problems trying to shift that contract brian are you happy enough with Wentz? yeah you don't want to be your partner i the lads have already touched on it. I mean, whoever takes that contract on is obviously not going to give up too many draft picks or what you know, very low level, low level in terms of what rounds. So the Eagles are in a very difficult position. I'm not sure what to do. Yeah, and and I just want to say, uh, Carson Wentz and Philip Rivers, two men of devout faith, in the same sentence and speech about Diego Maradona, you only get it here on the Irish NFL show. And you only get this here on the Irish NFL show. I have the Cowboys winning this game. Uh, I think they'll win quite well. They scored 41 points last week. Um, Tony Pollard. And they don't have a good game. Okay. Ram Seahawks. Uh, 9-5, and 10-4. What a game. This game is on Sky Sports. Um, a big game, Colin. Who have you got? Yeah, the, the Rams needing to bounce back, obviously. Um, the the issue that they're going to have is the Seahawks um, have suddenly developed a pass rush, uh, which is bad news for Jared Goff, um, who is not having, um, uh, you know, a, 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 particularly the second half of the year, he's really struggling. Um, I think um, the last time out, the Rams sacked Wilson six times, um, but Russell Wilson is now two games without taking a sack, which um, you know is a Christmas miracle given what's got on um, with the Hawks this this year. Uh, we talked about the last time these two teams met. We talked about how McVeigh had Pete Carroll's number. Um, and I, I imagine that I would expect a, a big performance following that Jets debacle. But, um, you know, that could be from Aaron Donald. Um, I think the issue that if I'm the Seahawks, if you can get to Goff and get to him early, you're going to totally disrupt things. Um, the Rams should look to, to play a lot more on the, the ground this week. But I, I think that the the Hawks will will have too much um, for the, the Rams. I just think Goff um, has a has a case of the yips. Very difficult to solve that mid season, and so for that reason, I'm going for the Hawks to win. Yeah, I've had 
I don't have trust issues with the Rams this year. They're just so inconsistent. And six of their nine wins have come against teams that have had a 500 or less record. So they're beating up on bad teams, doing reasonably well against the better teams. But last week's one was such a clanker. It really was. It was a disaster for them. And, yeah, Collins alluded to Seattle have turned the corner defensively. They haven't given up over 20 points in five games. And uh, for me, yeah, I think Seattle will win. I think, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. McVeigh has had their number for quite a time, but that has to end at some stage. And Seattle win tonight. They win the division. And they're still looking at that number one seed because there is a situation where if three teams being the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Saints all finish on the, on the same record, it goes to a three-way tie and they could potentially come out on top and be the number one seed. So there's a lot to play for for Seattle, not just the division, potentially the number one seed as well. Seattle to win for me. So Seattle, actually, it's funny. I'm watching the broadcast of the Vikings-Saints game, and in one of the most startling pieces of analysis I've ever heard, um, uh, I can't remember who it was on Fox, it must have been Aikman, um, said, uh, oh, the, the, the Vikings offense has been great this season, except for... Uh, turnovers and sacks which have really you know killed them at times they've been moving the ball well except for turnovers and sacks i was like i, I don't know something sherlock uh, to be honest with you but it's funny the seahawks offense has been that story a little bit this season as well they started like a trap uh greyhound out the trap they were unbelievable blistering start to the season really propping up an awful defense with great offensive play have stumbled in recent weeks and while the defense have got it together i think they need the offense to come together right now once again and get back some of that mojo and that consistency lockett and metcalf have been quieter in recent weeks russell wilson has been having more difficulty behind the o-line and has been throwing in the last five weeks a lot more inceptions than touchdowns which is not the percentage you want mr wilson so for me the seahawks defense is markedly better than when they played the rams earlier in the season but the offense even though the rams had their number in that game has actually taken a step back um, you know, if you wanted the stat discussion, uh, obviously, uh, sorry, if you wanted the stat discussion, obviously you've got the 100 yards uh, differentiation between defenses. Uh, the Seahawks have given up 100 more yards than the Rams in that regard. And Darren Donald is on a tear. But this, to me, is all about the hoodoo voodoo. The Rams have it over the Seahawks. Five of the last six, as I said earlier in the season, even Jeff Fisher used to win games against the Seattle Seahawks. The Rams need both of the last two to win the division. For me, the Rams, somehow, after such an abject performance against the Jets, will bounce back. Um, I also have to jump, so I'm going to very quickly just give my Saturday, Sunday night pick as well. Both the Titans and Packers, they just need to let it be. They're both very good teams, very strong teams doing great things. The Packers, as I said, are my pick now for the Super Bowl and the NFC. Going to take the number one seed and hopefully ride that that baby home. The Titans, they're in a dogfight with the Colts, but they have a game that can win not only now, but in January and indeed in February. Um, they've put up an impressive season. Overall, I think the Pack will have just too much and they don't want to let their grip slip on the first pick sorry the the first seed in the nfc but like i said even if the pack lose as long as they beat the bears next week they're in their number one seed it's all kosher uh, but even still i think they'll just have a bit too much for the titans i've got to bounce gents it's always been a pleasure and i will talk to you all soon thank you oh
I said, see you, Mark. Good luck. I agree with what Mark said there. I think the Rams are going to win this game tonight. I think they always seem to have the edge over Seattle most recently anyway. But all is not well in Seattle. All is not well in Seattle. And I think Cooper Cup is going to have a day today, boys. I really do. Take that with a half-decent Rams defense today in Seattle. If they start that game effectively, especially in the first quarter, yeah, Rams for me. And that will really shake up the NFC for some teams. Um, let's jump on Sunday Night Football, boys. Uh, I've got a new graphic for us. Sunday Night Football, 10-4 and four Titans, 11-3 and three Packers. An intriguing game. Uh, I know the Packers column are top of the NFC, or top of the, NFC but you know, the Titans are a game back. Yeah, it's a, it's a really um, interesting one, I think, um, because these are, are two teams who um, you, you're not quite sure, okay? Because even with that Packers record, I, they, you've yet to really see a statement performance. And that's saying, that is saying something, given that Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, has... Uh, he's, this is third year where he's thrown more than 40 touchdowns. So, look, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but last week, he was made look human. He took five sacks. He did a meh game by his standards. Um, but fortunately, they had Jones, um, who had 145 um, yards. The, the Titans like beat up the Lions, but we saw last night how bad the, the Lions are. So I think this game probably in, in some ways comes down to the Packers rush defense against the Titans pass defense. Um, and that's where it's intriguing because you've got, uh, you know, Rogers and, and Jones and Tannehill and Henry. And it, it's a difficult one to call, but if, if I, you know, if I had to, you know, put a decision, I'd go with Rogers. He's the guy you'd put your money on, and so for that reason, I, I think the Packers. But I can, I, I can see, you know, I have, I have Mark's voice in my head saying the Titans have more to, you know, they, they need this one more. The Packers can afford to lose and 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 still, um, you know, get there where the Titans have to win this. But I do think Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's he's prime time and he will want to show what he can do um, tonight. Yeah, Colin, you're right. He is prime time. Uh, five uh, prime time games in the season, 16 touchdowns, no interceptions. If you look at the three games which the Packers have lost this year, they lost to the Vikings, Cook ran all over them. They lost in Indianapolis. Um, Hines and Taylor did a job on them. And they lost in, in Tampa Bay, where Brady didn't have to do much because the run game did very well against the, uh, the Packers' defense. And in that championship game last year, the Packers' defense got ran all over. And you're coming up against Henry. Nine games in a row this season on the road. Um, he has ran, sorry, for nine games in the last, nine of the last away games, he's ran for over 100 yards. They haven't come up against a running back like this since Davin Cook. He's going to run all over the Packers' defense. Yeah, Rodgers can do his magic. Both teams have put up an average of 30 points this season. And Mark's saying if they have, they have the luxury of winning next week, that isn't necessarily true because, as I said, you could have a three-way toy at 12-4 and four and they won't win. They won't get the number one seed. I'm picking the Titans. I think the Titans will do enough. They need it more. Um, you know, and I think when they go on the road, they're much better than they are at home. And I think Tannehill will have a game They'll try, they'll try to uh, stop the room. They've got other weapons there. Smith, tight end, Brown. They're, they're stacked as well. I think it'll be a high-scoring game, 
and I think the Titans were just right. Yeah, I thought there was like a bit of a gap at the end. Apologies. No, I mute by mistake. I just wanted to give you a second <laughs> to think about it. <laughs> I was just checking over the, tit the Titans record. Uh, really good point there from Irish Titans. Thanks for joining us, by the way, lads. Uh, this game comes down to the defense. If we don't show up, then it's good night. I think the defense will show up. So I've got good news for you along with what Brian said there now. The Titans have scored 42 against the Bills this season, 45 against the Colts, 46 albeit against the Lions. Um, they scored 30 against the Ravens. They're winning this game 100%. This is the game where if the Packers are for real, they come out and they score two or three unanswered, unanswered touchdowns in the first half and prove me wrong and prove Brian wrong. Henry's going to run for 180 yards, two touchdowns at least, Titans by seven, and they're going to explode the NFC. Boys, I'm exhausted. We've been going for an hour and 20 minutes. But... We will be back tomorrow night for a big game, Monday Night Football, MNF, IRE. Um, yeah, nine o'clock, sound good? Sounds good. Excellent, excellent. Much love indeed to you, Irish Titans. Good luck to everybody today if your team is playing. And if not, enjoy the games. It's a huge week, it's a huge week 16, uh, and we'll see you back tomorrow night. And albeit throughout the week, maybe we might have a special guest or two. Lads, see you soon. Cheers. See you soon. Enjoy the game, guys. Thank you. Good luck.